Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Bengals beat the Rams at Paycor Stadium and get down to 53 players. John Sheeran remains our only team member keeping me sane and the only one who seems to know any football. Dr. Hoji the Electric Smoji tells us why he thinks this will be the year the team changes its image for good, or at least while Joe Burrow sticks around, and Daddy-O Mustache McDuke start, start saving up to pay back some debtors who you actually know pretty well. So looking back, or looking to pay back your brain for too many hours of meaningful activity, then sit back and let your mind take a right here on the number one Bengals podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Entrust your brain to us. Yes. My brain's tired. I flubbed that intro, but good. That's okay. That's okay. Welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Daddy McDook. I'm joined as always by Dr. Hoji Lecter Kismoji. One and only. And John Shania Twain. Sheeran. Repeat, and of I'll course we it. have oh you're right wow our brains yeah. are not working today but there's it's because there's so much news and have i also want to welcome... denver right i want to welcome back of course bridget the hr specialist yeah and we have a lot to talk about but first i want to take a moment to talk about something more serious and that is the estate of brinks.tv now Brinks.tv, we have had a very long and a very fruitful partnership with yeah. them for many years. And uh, that could be coming to a close. And it's, it's really, I, I guess I should say it's on me because they have been sending invoices. But for some reason, the address that, that I send them is always jumbled and they don't have the right address. They don't have the right payment information. So... We're trying to save up so we can continue to get this great production. As I got my uh, piggy bank over there, as you can see. You know, it's funny bank. because Daddy was one of the few people instead of a P.O. box, he has a P.P. box. And it's literally a urinal where we get our mail. It's disgusting. Yeah, but look, you can obviously go to patreon.com and support us if you want to see us continue with Brinks.tv. Otherwise, I really don't think we're going to get this sorted out, no. HR, right? I mean, it's very... No. Very messy situation, but still go to Brinks.tv. TV. They have a lot of other great shows. They have the Ray Lewis show. They have the NFL Mom show and the Conspiracy show. Yeah. Also, really also, is a Banana Republic style dictatorship on this show. I mean, no one has a real culpability. Well, did you just hear like he done. just he just tried to in his own way like take blame for everything, and then 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 he just put it on Bridget because that's yeah. for whatever reason in her job. That's, what, that's how he does. I yeah. only do payroll. I don't do finance and accounts payable. I mean, so that's you only do you, like man. half your job. No, wow. You. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, if you see, job. I mean, if you if you look at our quote unquote files, there's just a bunch of papers with scribbles on. And there's not even a desk. It's just a room full of papers on the floor. Yeah. Well, pee -pee box. again, That's again, some toilet humor. And I am here for it. Yeah. A messy, messy situation that we have. But it was a great run that we had with Brinkstar yeah. TV. And um, but no, they will still be around for us a couple more weeks. And we'll see after that. Okay, so, John. So do I talk about the Athletic Greens now or later? 
no, we have no sponsorship with Athletic Greens. Wait, I, that was a sponsorship? That was. I just really like Athletic Greens. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, look, John, let us get right to the roster cuts, okay? Because, obviously, I did the research, and I know we have Devin, SEC, SEC, is a tight end, 2020 third-round pick of the Patriots. We have Max Sharping, who's with the Texans, and he's a guard. And we have Jan, can't read Jay. that. Joy. Jay Toffoli, who is a defensive tackle for the Jags. He was. And, John, obviously, I, I have the rest of the information about them, but I, want, I don't want to cloud your judgment. I don't want to confuse you. I want to hear what you have to say without you hearing the Why facts. Why can't you just say so, that you know nothing about these people and you want me to tell you about them? Yeah. Why is it and he's not using his vision defeat. insurance to get reading glasses. That Yeah, works. he's chosen style over substance. Because I'm, I'm not going to blame Daddy if he doesn't know a third-round pick, a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick by teams who are largely irrelevant compared to the, to the Bengals. But I do believe that all three of these players would have been decent targets for the Bengals in the drafts that they were taking. I think Sharping c comes first to mind. I remember he was in the 2019 Senior Bowl, and before I went down there and uh, watched the practices live, I watched some of his tape from Northern Illinois. And the thing that stood out to me was that, like, obviously the competition wasn't great in college that he faced, but he just seemed to have a knack of, like, knowing what to do and, like, and just the the – feel of him playing tackle the, from the mental and physical side, it, it seemed to just click. He just seemed to have a good understanding of how to play left tackle at the time. And he's been mainly at left guard in his NFL career. He's a bit on the taller side to be a guard. I think he's like 6'6", six, six, pushing 6'7". Six, and he's been kind of up and down for the Texans. But also, it's the Texans. They don't really know how to develop offensive line, kind of like the Bengals. So, in his three years, he's been an okay player. I don't know for what reason why he was let go by the Texans, considering they're one of the worst teams in football. But I think he's a very solid player. And at the very worst, he becomes one of the best backups that the Bengals have, if not the best reserve offensive lineman that they currently have. I think he's probably better than Deontay Smith, Hakeem Adeniji, certainly better than Jackson Carmen. So as one of the, those first, or maybe the first lineman off the bench, I think you can't really do a lot better in terms of, of a waiver pickup for a guy who, again, was a second-round pick for a team that definitely needed offensive lineman at the time. He played multiple positions there. I think he's better at left guard than he was at right tackle and right guard, which he played mostly last year. So I think he's definitely still got stuff left to the tank. I guess the question, John, everybody's really wondering is, so at this point, who really is the backup QB for the Cincinnati Bengals? It's Brandon right. Allen. It's Brandon Allen. Is and it, though? Because my understanding is that he was cut. He was cut. He's coming back tomorrow. They don't need a quarterback today. They have no games today. Wait a John, minute. John, so hold, really hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So they got to cut him today yeah. and re-sign him tomorrow? Mm -hmm. John you was kind enough them. to explain all of this to me via Twitter message. It is, look, John, it is a power, tell, it tell is a way how, of how sending a it. message, it is a way of sending a message that you have to be at your best every day. You could get cut any day, but you bring them right back. And it's like a... Why not sign Josh Rosen instead? He was just cut by the Browns. Josh Rosen that much better than Brandon Allen in any way, shape, or form? Yeah. Higher ceiling. Physically, physically. Higher ceiling for what, like... I have a higher ceiling than Brandon Allen. I'm not going to reach it. Neither is Josh Rosen. Can we quote you on that? Yeah. Okay. John, I, would I want to talk about tight end. I'm a QB coach, young man. I can make you 
the best backup Everyone cares QB. about the backup QB as if there's a scenario where the backup QB comes in and actually does something Nick like Falls? Tom Brady. No, because okay. that's, that's a 0.1% chance. No, the no. point of a backup quarterback is just, just to Done. help the starter when the starter's playing. That's the whole point of him. And Brandon no, Allen does that better than I, I respectfully disagree. I think any Super Bowl caliber team, which we are now, needs to have someone who can stand in for when their starting QB misses a game or two and can win games in that situation. I like right. Brandon. I think he's a nice guy. I don't think he's the answer to our problems. John. I think I'm you need Ho a great Tom Brady. Brady. Tom, Tom, Tom Brady, Nick Foles, Doug Williams... Jeff Hostetter, I mean... A.J. McCarron. Four quarterbacks out of four million who have played. Four million? John, that's just the last 30 Billion. years. Sorry, four billion. Yeah, excuse me. All right. Okay, so anyways, I, I think that you... I think I've been saying this for years. I think the Bengals need to sign a decent backup QB. I'm sure they'll draft a, a, yeah. a... I'm sure they'll draft a guy who is deemed to have like high upside in the next few years when Brandon yeah. Allen is 35. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Before then, I liked Brandon. Browning. John, you think Browning's going to practice squad, right? He's a perfect practice squad quarterback. Perfect practice squad quarterback. That's where he belongs. Okay. John, tight end. I see, I see. Okay. This guy, he is the guy they chose over O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard, top 10 pick. Very athletic guy. Guy that, you know, can do it both. Running and, or blocking and catching. But they passed on that, and there is still... They are still interviewing him. They are still walking him around, right? They are still, you know, what is it, poking his toes with all the needles and, and testing him. They're getting the, they have the tubes and the, and they want to see if his Achilles is still in place. So, John, what, what is the thinking here? Is ACIC going to stay on the team or is he a placeholder to see if Howard still has it? Yeah, so here's the thing. Yesterday, when rosters had to be finalized by 4 p.m., then you had guys who were waived, like a bunch of guys that were waived from the Bengals, and Asiasi was waived by the Patriots. So the Bengals, along with Max Sharping and Jay Tufili, put in a waiver claim for Devin Asiasi. They didn't realize or they didn't find out if that claim was successful until noon today, Wednesday, August 31st. They scheduled a meeting or a visit in a physical with O.J. Howard, sometime last night or sometime in the morning. The report was in the morning that he was coming into Cincinnati, so they had no idea that they were going to be able to get Asiasi before they scheduled whatever they did with Howard. So regardless of what was going to happen with Howard, like they were hoping that Asiasi was going to be a Bengal. Now that he is, it hasn't completely eliminated the, the possibility of O.J. Howard now joining the team, but it just gives them a tight end that, you know, they said, hey, let's see if he falls through the waiver wire. Let's see if he ends up with us. They had interest in him. He's now a Bengal. The point is here, they have some injuries at tight end. Drew Sample is just coming back to practice now. Mitchell Wilcox is all but assured that he's going to go on injury reserve and miss at least the first four weeks. Asiasi is more of a blocking tight end. Doesn't have a ton of receiving experience in the NFL. And honestly, at this point, O.J. Howard shouldn't really be counted on as a receiver either. He hasn't really done that much. In recent years, like you said, he was coming off of the Achilles injury last year with Tampa Bay. Then he left Whoa. for Buffalo. Buffalo cut him. So he's probably not the same athlete. He's just going to be a blocking tight end, too. Okay. And, 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 and if I may, John, is it fair to say that this is a pretty awesome deal? I mean, he's a third round, he's a third round pick, right? So that means he must have been pretty good for a tight end to go in the third round. I mean, it seems like quite a steal, no? Am I wrong? He just Big doesn't really... Done much. 
He hasn't, but he's a big boy. As you talk about the upside, he seems to have an upside. He's played for, you know, he's played for... Uh, As John would say, you are a big boy, but that doesn't mean that you achieve things. Right, John? John. I feel like I have. Hoji's receiving career in the NFL is barely behind Asiasi's receiving career, so maybe there's some hope for Hoji. No, <laughs> he's here to block. That's all. And that's let, a good thing. Let, let me just say this, John. Let's say O.J. Howard doesn't have the explosiveness that he did when he was in college. Okay? Maybe he doesn't, you know, he's not going to make the receiver type plays. But, and, and look, I love Hayden Hurst, and he does have the explosiveness. He does have, you know, it has translated his athleticism to some degree. Not the production, but that. But what about Howard? as a big end zone target. And can we show the clip to show you what I mean? I mean, he was, you know, with the Bills, and he's, he's you know, this is this is a Case Keenum throwing him the ball. So, and you look at Howard there, John. Wow, yeah, great resistance clean. there from the DB. That's, that's there you go. Yeah. So, that was the first clip I found. So, just phenomenal coverage. He's moving at the speed of what? Two miles an hour? Two miles an hour. Wow. I, I know. It's faster than I'm moving right anything. now. It's about how fast yeah. I move. Okay. So, John. John. Yeah. He'd be a tight so, end three. He'd be a tight end three. He's a wow. former first round pick. He has okay. athleticism, but it's not the same anymore. It's okay. When he's a rookie. So, let me ask you another one. Yeah. Which is, John, the receiver from the Vikings, Emmer Smith Marset. Oh yeah, I know you like, and I know Joe Goodberry likes, and I like, and, and I want to pull up this clip of him to show you why I think he'd be a good fit with Joe Burrow. Now, if you've watched, this is Kirk Cousins or Kurt Cousins. It's I don't know his name, but Kirk. And watch, he's getting hit, which Joe Burrow is going to be doing a lot. Underthrows, underthrows, yeah, which Joe Burrow doesn't ever do, but still. And then look, look how he adjusts to the ball jump. Yeah, I like that? It. You mm. like it? He's good. He's I mean, not a big deal. Wow, not I a got it right. I got it right. Yeah. It's a mediocre catch. Okay, no. John, tell him no. Okay. I see Bridget is confused. It, I just, is that a compelling play? Like out of that in, that guy's entire repertoire, that's what There were three watching. plays. He had three I think highlights. honestly, when it comes to these oh. people who are barely on the team, there just ain't that much to say or watch. Let's be honest. No, there was one so where he burned the defense. So should we move to Kevin you, Huber? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about well, No, Huber. we have one more. We have two Philly. We have two Philly. We have two Philly. Oh, yeah, do, maybe do the growl. Again. We already had the growl. John, can we get to two Philly? What do you got to say about him? Other than, and if there's anything that I haven't said, obviously. We haven't said anything, so I'm going to say something and provide a little bit more than that. So he was really young coming into the NFL last year. Um, really good athlete out of USC. Didn't really do a ton in college be just because he was like a retro sophomore or maybe like a true junior when he declared. So, you know, the, the production wasn't quite there, which is why he fell to the fourth round. The Bengals have a history of investing defensive linemen in the fourth round of the draft. They were interested in taking him there right before they were on the clock. He went to the Jaguars, so they took Cam Sample. Really happy about that regardless. So now they have both on the roster now. As a fifth defensive tackle, a guy who's still only 23 years old, I think he still has some pop to his game. Because they run so many uh, odd fronts and they have three defensive tackles on the field, they need depth there. So as a guy who you know was probably going to go to the Jacks practice squad just to stick around and develop more, I think that's fine for him being 
that last defensive tackle on the roster. But again, he hasn't really done that much in the NFL, whether it be injuries or just him not getting out of the field because he was a fourth-round pick behind a pretty stacked defensive line in Jacksonville. It's a guy that, that they can develop, so it, it's fine. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's move on to Kevin Huber. Kevin Huber. Yeah. This guy has this been the guy. Bengals punter for what, John? 20 years? 21. 21 years. That confrontation. What does that mean into the confrontation? It was a, I think a confrontation. Oh. There's a confrontation oh. between Kevin Huber and Drew Crisman. Right. A confrontation. And I had heard that Crisman was the better choice and one out. But no, so here's the thing, the John. I, I think if I'm not mistaken you know the the other teammates didn't appreciate the way drew chrisman wasn't spreading around his punts and there was bad chem i don't know john how do you tell who's the better punter go where did you get that on like yeah. honestly like where because a punter controversy you know we don't have any qb controversies anymore so it'd be nice to have a controversy go ahead so you're saying there's multiple returners out for these punts and he's only punting to one guy basically. And because Kevin Huber was Kevin Huber enough, spreads it around yeah, kind of like, yeah. like the soy mayo, like the that kind of makes sense. Maybe, maybe that was a factor in it. No, to the uh, strikers who are the guys that hunt down the return men to those guys, he's, he's uh, spreading it around. So they have different opportunities. So Go Christian ahead. was you, kicking you, the you, ball a little bit do, further than yeah. Kevin Huber throughout training camp. I think Huber had more of a slower start compared to Chrisman. But as training camp kind of evolved, you saw the old Kevin Huber kind of come back, right? And that was that was important because he wasn't his usual self last year. Many people attributed that to him being 21 years in the NFL, like 80 years old at this point. So people thought that this was kind of the end of Kevin Huber. And he had an okay preseason. I think Chrisman, like you said, probably had a better preseason, like Hody said, in terms of just kicking the ball further. But it goes beyond that. It's uh, It's about hang time. It's about how many punts you can have inside the opponent's 20, how many fair catches you force. I think there's an argument to be had that with the Bengals now who aren't going to be punting, hopefully near midfield, it's more just about flipping the field and getting the ball down there as far as possible. Maybe that will benefit, like, that. maybe that was something that, you know, that was an argument for Chris. The holding, too. Holding. I don't, I don't the think holding. there was any difference between the holding, though. You never had any incidents in practice. Oh. never had any interest in, well, it, incidents yeah. in the preseason either. So yeah. I don't think I mean, that, that was that much more... of a... I don't yeah. think that was a contributing factor to the decision. I think everything was pretty equal, but they just trust Huber more because they kind of know what they have in him. He's been here for all of his life. He's been in Cincinnati all of his life. So you always, I mean, this is, this is classic. You always go with the known entity. If you yeah. have, if you're choosing between two things or two players and one of them has a record of success and they're basically neck and neck, you're going to go with the known entity. That's a basic. Have you noticed that, have you noticed Hoji's analysis is not that much better than mine, John? It, I mean, we're, we're both kind of. I feel of like it's more just, coherent. Yeah. I feel yeah, like is. I just, when I speak, people listen. Yeah, but mine is more stimulating. Like I, I get John worked up. Whoa. Whoa, okay, okay, I'm done. I'm done with that. Let's move on to Alan George. And just for facts, yeah. Huber is 37, sorry. Not 36, yeah. Yeah. 37. John, that's what we need to fact. Married since 2017. He got what married in 2017, which is we very need interesting. To put John in line. 80, 37, what's the difference? Yeah. That's substantial. Alan. My joints say substantial. George, George, Alan George. Okay. Now, we have. So, I guess the first question that I asked about Alan George is who is he? he? Who is he? What a great question. He's a 5 foot 11 defensive back. 
who came out of United Dairy Farmers. Taller and than five foot nothing. Weighs more than a hundred nothing. Yeah. Didn't wow. go to Notre Dame though. John, like he made the 53-man roster as an undrafted free agent. How do you do that? You have injuries at cornerback, of course. So that is Cam, the heebie Cam Taylor Britt yeah. suffering a core injury early in the preseason, early in training camp. Alan George at the time was actually taking some second-team reps over Cam Taylor Britt when Cam Taylor Britt was still healthy. So he was already making an impression on the coaching staff. I think he had a pretty good preseason. There were some moments rough here and there when he was just kind of allowing too many passes underneath, but I think he tracks the ball well. I think he plays the vertical routes well, and they need depth on the outside at cornerback. So now they have six healthy cornerbacks, and I think George is like their fourth or fifth true bound, or maybe third or fourth true boundary cornerback that they have with the absence of Taylor Britt, who's now going to miss four weeks. So George is your sixth cornerback. He's the only rookie that wasn't drafted who made the team. They usually have one a year for those guys, and people expected it to be a receiver this year, but it's a cornerback out of Vanderbilt. So there you go. So, so to understand correctly when he's an undrafted guy, free agent, I mean, that means basically there's a guy walking down the street outside of the Bengals' practice facility. Looks like he could be a cornerback. They say, hey, catch this. They throw the ball. He catches it. They're like, hey, want to be on the Bengals? He's like, sure. Is that how it works? Well, why would they test his hands if he's going to be a cornerback? Wouldn't they just put him up against a receiver? So they, so there's a guy watching John, out the first facility. of all, what is a cornerback? And then they but take a receiver and they're like, so I mean, what I'm saying is basically there's just some random guy off the street, George. So there's know. two people no. playing catch outside of the stadium. They're like, Let hey, can you essentially play monkey in the middle? No. And if you block no. the ball really well, you're on the Bengals. No, these guys, John. they went to college. And they weren't drafted. And then they volunteered. They weren't forced to go to the NFL. They volunteered to go to the NFL. And teams can pick them up. Uh, they were not. Con- yeah. Well, John, yeah. I can tell you my theory as to why this man has had undue success. And I think Me? you'll agree with it. Oh. Which is that he is a cancer, like John. And cancers, for some reason, end up very, people see them as being very lucky. And so you didn't know who he guy. was two minutes ago. Do you already know his Zodiac sign? How? Oh, I, I, I have an app. Mm. When, <laughs> when a player is mentioned, Zodiac comes up. July 16th. bot. There's a bot. Cancer. Okay, look. I am just here for the countdown. And there we go. Wanted to hear that. Don't let the tiger control you. It doesn't control me. And let us get to our hojoscope. Uh, let's, let's get to our hojoscope. You know, there was a time when... You know, human beings did not eat the flesh of dead animals. This was the original way that human beings were designed to function was that we would eat the fruit with the seeds in the fruit. And what would come out of our butts was poop with seeds. And that seed would go into the earth. It would grow into a tree, eat the fruit, and on and on. I still do that. Okay. But then human beings became savages. They started to eat animals. And that's when... You get the wars and you get the, 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 the you know, capitalism and you get all the negative stuff. So I want to show you a clip of some meaty-heady guys who are doing some nasty behavior. And, and, and then I want to connect it to my hojoscope, which is about the future of the NFL, if we could. Let's roll it. Look at this disgusting guy.
Wow, okay, monetization. Okay, I guess we should have stopped that video. No, 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 it has to be said. <laughs> How many times do we get fined on this video? Ooh, disgusting. With okay. his... Now... But, and, and by the way, Hashtag NSFW. yeah, so basically, what good. we, what like we so you see him licking the flesh of that chicken and things like that. The, human beings are not going to stand for this, this eat, meat eating behavior much longer. And the connection to it is that NFL, the NFL uh, fan base has traditionally been uh, a meathead leaning fan base. I say that with all due respect to all my friends out there. And if you look at the comments on the Bengals, oh, the Bengals are going to be second. They're going to be third in the AFC uh, uh, North. There, there, there was a fluke. This is meathead observations. It is not a, uh, a, a an observation you would hear from, a, let's say, a vegan, for example, who who has all his vitamins and things like that. And so I think what we're going to see is less meathead commentary, and people are really going to start to understand the Bengals. They're really going to start to understand. Uh, you know how great we are, and 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 uh, that's that's my horoscope. Wow. Well, I I'm glad that we finally got to promote eating meat, and I hope that the sponsorship lasts. So and do, are we trying to like get Jeff Ruby to sponsor the show? I actually invited Jeff Ruby on the show, and his people said they don't think it's for him, which I don't understand. It's not for yeah. most people. I guess not. Well, oh, there we go. Okay, it's time for the Daddy O'Care segment. I thought there might be a nuclear attack. All right, so Daddy O'Cares this week. So preseason is done, and we are approaching the regular season, and I want to make sure that we do one of my favorite things, which is celebrate the fans and the team. So I don't know if you know this, uh, number one Bengals podcast crew, DNH Sports crew. Um, but the Bengals sold nearly or maybe a little over 120,000 tickets between two preseason games, which is wild. So, like, this is a team that the fans want to see. Um, I was at the game against the Rams on Saturday, and we put up a picture. Like, this is more people. Um, than I had seen at games like two, three years ago. Do we have the photo from the stadium? Ow. There Look we go. Look at that. Like, this is the third preseason game. First of all, beautiful Cincinnati day. But fans are ready to see this team. It's clear there's a lot of love for this team. But the team, I think, is also ready to see the fans. Zach Taylor acknowledged that in his press conference. Uh, fans were signing a little bit of everything. Can we see the next photo? I got to say hey to Lil Collins. Got to say hey to a couple players. But Lil signed my special orange Bengals jersey. So thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, so folks are just like ready, I think, to get out there. And we have one heck of a season opener and hope home opener on September 11th when the Pittsburgh Steelers come to town. So as we get ready for the regular season, it had me thinking a little bit 
about fan superstitions. Um, and I was curious, the last picture I have, I was wondering what this fan superstition was. See this? I love, I love this flag. I love this picture of Joe Burrow. It's like a slightly constipated Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, definitely um, not a vegan Joe Burrow. Though. Not a vegan Joe Burrow. Um, but we, we can take down the, that's my walk through memory lane from the games on Saturday. But I know there's a lot of fans who have a ton of superstitions. And coming out of a Super Bowl <clears throat> loss, uh, which is still a little traumatic to talk about, I am really curious how fans are approaching this season and their own superstitions as they get excited for the Bengals season. Yeah. I will say mine for the home games, there's a chicken tender place by section 156, and I am convinced I have to get the chicken tenders from there. Wow. But I also have this pair of orange and black Jordans that were my Super Bowl shoes that I like just don't want to wear anymore after the loss. So I want fans to tweet us at DH Sports TV. Had to get that right. Tweet us, put in the comments what your game day superstitions are. Um, if you watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they have a hilarious two-episode arc on their Eagles superstitions, um, or their stitions, uh, which I loved. But tweet us, comment, let us know what your superstitions are. Let us know if they're changing from last season to this one as we make another Super Bowl run. But I want to know, John, um, OG, OG, Daddy-O, what are your superstitions? Yeah, I got one. Yeah. And it's one for the show. So if you remember last year when, when the Bengals got to the playoffs, every time that John predicted the Bengals would lose, they won. And then we got, no offense, John, to the Super Bowl. Predicted we win. He predicted we won, and we lost. Thanks, John. Thanks, but John, John, just always say Might as well have lose. thrown the flag at Logan Wilson, John. Yeah, I know, I know. So, John, you screwed this one up, but don't worry. Don't worry. You can fix it next year. Yeah. Or this year. I might just right. predict him to win every game now. Let me, goes. Bridget, I, don't think it's I want to go back to a really great point that you made. If I'm getting, I just want to make sure I'm understanding the main takeaway about this when you talk about chicken tenders is that mm-hmm. because that the chicken is particularly tender and juicy and tasty or is it taken from the tendons of a chicken what what does that mean you have chicken learned nothing from me well neither of those things was the takeaway okay and so that's a hundred percent not it uh i have no clue why they're called tenders i think yeah. because they're soft and it oh, doesn't matter. Actually. Oh. John, enlighten us. Oh, tendies. Sounds cool. Yeah, right? The chicken tendies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was That's why we put someone in their twenties on the show. I am. So they can tell well, us I'm the just, cool I just, stuff. You are fortunate to be able to enjoy your tenders in Cincinnati where you don't have people like that video yelling at you. So yeah, I think uh, I'm so I was there eating meat in the stadium. I was there. I was at that uh, vegan uh, protest. That man really, he really made us upset. I think we've lost Daddyo. That's so. So I guess I got to take over the show. I got to take. I got to take over the show. So, who's the first team that the Bengals play, John? 
Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe. Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's a rivalry. It's a rivalry beyond rivalries. And yet now we have the upper hand. So it's a game I'm looking forward to. I can't wait for this one. What do you think is going to happen? John, call it. I, I'll call it first. We got a show next week, man. I'm not telling you my prediction now. Okay. Uh, who's the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers? That's Mitch Trubisky. So they went with Trubisky. Trubisky is a naturally yeah. talented fellow. I feel like he was ruined by his coaching. What, oh, yeah, with the Chicago, yeah. I yeah. Mean, you got no favors learning from Matt Nagy at this point. No. No, and I'm everybody who went through Chicago was kind that of, was kind John of said the Bengals are losing to the Steelers. He hasn't said it yet. I, please it say it next matter, week. But I'm going to say it. What if I actually think it though? Well, it could happen. I, I, I don't know. I feel like it might take this team a while to kind of get, how shall we say, back. You know, the the groove. Super Bowl winning teams have historically not done well, or Super Bowl losing teams have historically not done well the following year, right? That's what they say. But I, I, I think uh, this might be an exception. Yeah, well, you know what? I think it just might be an exception. And I think we're going to talk about that and more next week. Next week. Okay, Patreon. He's so in let preview. Me, let me, let me do the Patreon. Week. There's an app. It's called wino.com, wino.app uh, forward slash DH sports. You go there and you can actually uh, basically slide into our DMs. And we will text you. We will not do more than that, though. It will only be words, maybe a few pictures, but everything will be NS. Wait a minute. It will be, it SFW. Will be SFW. Okay. And then also, I have to uh, tell you to leave a comment at the bottom of the screen. I think the superstitions thing would be interesting. What do you do before a game? Do you sometimes not watch? What do you do? An answer to Bridget's question. We'd love to hear that comment. Upvote, like, subscribe. That would be nice if you would do that. And uh, also leave positive reviews for us on the podcast if you can. Thank you. Subscribe, turn on notifications because honestly, yeah. Bye. I have to dance, it's in my contract. See you next week. Season preview coming next week. Oh, yeah. And we have a special guest. And maybe we'll kick Daddy-O out again next week. Who knows? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.